Let's go to God in prayer together. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for um, this chance to gather in your name. We thank you for these boys and girls and those that have led them to lead us this morning and uh, hearing songs and, and, and skits about you and about, it, about what it means to follow you and to follow you without fear, to trust in you and to, to live for you. Guide us now for the next few minutes. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Well, if you're visiting with us today, then you are probably um, here to see uh, a relative or a friend in this VBS um, extravaganza. Uh, but if you happen to be here because you wanted to uh, hear about this summer series on biblical worship, then I'm going to ask you to come back next week. Uh, we, rather than fly through the rest of Malachi chapter 1 in the next few minutes uh, because of time, we are going to pick up next week. So I hope you'll be back. Uh, this is an exciting journey through Malachi. But bear with me for just a few minutes because I do want to take just a few minutes uh, to share something very important with you. Something that most of you, maybe all of you, have heard before. Uh, but something that we should all be reminded of continually, and that is what is uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to commit to the truth that we heard these kids sing about this morning? I want to share with you the reason that we do VBS every year, the reason that we do everything that we do, and that is to proclaim the message of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. And I want to take just the next five or ten minutes or so and walk through those three things that we heard sung about this morning. Number one, admit that you're a sinner. And I want to read uh, several passages of Scripture, specifically uh, coming out of the book of Romans. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you, I would love for you to turn with me to the book of Romans. If not, then, then listen well. But Romans 3, chapter 3, verse 23, reads this way. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. A couple pages over, maybe just a page over, Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, Two very important truths that, that are just exposed from God's word right there in Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 6. Number one, that all people that have ever existed or that exist today or that ever will exist on this earth are guilty, sinners, disobedient, rebellious. We've not lived up to the standard that God has set and that God requires. And he requires it because of who he is. He is righteous. He is just. He is holy. He is perfect. He's never sinned. He's, he's the eternal creator. And because of who he is, he demands, he requires that, that we live up to that standard. But we haven't. None of us have. We're sinners. We're guilty in the eyes of God. And as a result of our sin, of our guilt before God, Romans 6.23, we deserve death. We deserve the judgment of God. That's what the Bible teaches. So if we claim to believe the Bible, we have to... We have to accept that truth. We have to, to admit that, that we're guilty before God and that we deserve the eternal judgment, the eternal wrath of God, the eternal punishment of God. And that's a hard truth for us to accept, 
That's what the Bible teaches. And so if we claim to believe the Bible, then we have to recognize where we stand as individuals before God. So we have to admit, recognize that we're sinners before God. Number two, the B, believe. Believe in Christ. Believe that he's who he says that he is. Romans 3.24, back up to Romans 3. Chapter 3, I read Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.24, very next verse. And are justified. It means made right, declared innocent. And are justified freely by His grace. Talking about God's grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Romans 5.8, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. So first truth, recognize where we stand on our own before God. We're we're sinners. We're disobedient. We're we're in need of God's judgment, deserving of God's judgment. But on the other side over here, God has demonstrated his love for us, his, his compassion, his grace, his kindness to us. And that while we were still sinners, we didn't change. Nothing changed about us. We didn't fix our lives. We didn't get it right. We didn't work things out on our own. But while we were sinners, Christ, God had another plan that involved his son, Jesus Christ. And he sent his son to take the penalty, to take the judgment, to take the wrath that we deserve so that God could remain just, punishing sin, and yet extend to us the greatest gift ever given, salvation in Jesus Christ, eternal life in him, forgiveness of our sins. Because the only one that could accomplish that, the only one that could take that punishment had to be someone that was without sin himself. And the only spotless, sinless person without blemish to ever have existed or to ever exist is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So God provided that way long before any of us were ever born. He had a plan to demonstrate his great love and kindness and compassion for us. And we'll hear more about why Jesus was the only solution to that problem next week, even in Malachi chapter 1, about it had to be someone that had never sinned. It had to be someone that had never rebelled against God. And we'll see a picture of why that's so important and why that is so important even in our worship to give God our our best. And we'll see that next week in Malachi chapter 1. But third and finally, we have to recognize our sin. We have to believe that that Christ is who he says he is, that he's the only solution, the only way, that he is indeed Lord and Savior. And we have to confess that truth, confess him as Lord in our lives. That's what the C stands for. Romans 10, 13 says, For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what it is to confess, to call on his name as Lord, to recognize That he's Lord. It's not simply something we say. We do say it, whether verbally or or in our minds, praying before God, but it's not simply words that we can say. Words aren't enough. It has to be reflective of what we believe in our heart that we truly believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and that we confess that he is Lord and that he is Lord of our lives. And the good news for us is. 1 John tells us that if we confess our sin, God is faithful, God is just, and he will forgive us 
of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God has provided a way for us to know him, to, to be forgiven, to live eternally with him. And that is through confessing our sin and confessing that Jesus is the Savior, that he is Lord. And I want to back up and I want to pause just for a moment and throw in a word of caution before we, before we wrap up. But I want to back up to Matthew, Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 7. And before I read this passage, I want to say that it's very clear in Scripture, it's very clear in the Bible that we're saved by the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Not by anything we can do, not by anything that, that we've done on our own, not by our works. It's, it's by grace that you've been saved. So God deserves the credit. We can't earn our salvation. We can't live good enough to be right with God. But Matthew chapter 7, this is Jesus Speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, beginning in verse 18. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 18. This is what Jesus is recorded as having taught. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You may be thinking or asking, why, why are we reading this? You just said that it's by grace that you're saved. You simply acknowledge these truths, that you're a sinner, that you believe in Jesus and who he is and who the Bible says that he is and that you confess these truths before God. The reason I want to mention this passage and these words of Jesus this morning is because they're very pertinent to us as we present the gospel, as we respond to the gospel. The Bible is clear. Jesus is clear that for us to truly receive salvation, that commitment, that confession must be sincere. It must be from the heart. It can't simply be something that that we say just to say. It's not a formula. It's a change of heart. It's a change of life. It's genuinely trusting in Christ for salvation. And when we recognize these truths and when we believe that, the result is a life that bears good fruit, a life that's transformed, a life that is changed through the power of God as working in our lives and the lives of those that trust in Him. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truths of your word. I thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank you for salvation through Christ and forgiveness. And we thank you for your grace, your undeserved kindness extended to us for all who call on you, for all who will turn from our sin and and trust in you for salvation. Lord, I pray that you would remind us today and every day of the great grace that, that you've extended to us and that you would help us to to truly live for you and to believe these truths and to believe what your word says about you and what it says about us without you, but also with you. So God, may you be glorified today. May you receive all the honor and praise for this time in our lives and every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.